Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been so long. I have so much on my heart to share with you. But first of all, I want to say thank you so much for being patient with me with this unexpected lapse in episodes. I just got back from a week-long trip, which I'm going to talk to you about in the episode in a little bit. But before that, I sat down and I recorded a full hour self-love episode on acceptance. And everything was working just splendidly. And, you know, I don't script my episodes normally. And this one was amazing. And I went through it. I kept my eye on the timer the whole entire time. And then I stopped recording at the end, downloaded it, processed it, and only five minutes were recorded. I have been having issues with my Wi-Fi. As you know, I live right at the beach. And sometimes my Wi-Fi goes out And on this particular podcast platform, it doesn't tell me when my um, Wi-Fi went out. So apparently (laughs) it happened five minutes into that episode. And I was so upset because I wanted to get a full episode out to you before taking my trip. And I was crunched for time and so disappointed. I had a little pity party. I had a little temper tantrum. And I went on my trip and I just let it go. Um, But here I am back. And today we're actually going to talk about emotions. And I'm going to kind of take you through some of the emotions that I've been feeling and some of the triggers around emotions and some of the habits that I have in reaction to my own emotions. So we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But again, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for rejoining the podcast. I know that there are a ton of podcasts out there. So you taking this time to spend with me and really for yourself, because this podcast, it seems like it's about me, but it's really about you. My goal, my mission is to share myself, the good, the bad, and the not so pretty things about myself so that it encourages you to open your mind and heart about yourself and see where some of your self-love blocks are and to redirect you back to your own self, your own source of true love true light so that you can show up authentically and full and complete in your daily life. So that's my hopes for today. We're going to take a small break and then we're going to come back, dive in with our emotions. Hello and welcome to Falling in Love with Yourself. We all want more love, right? And most of us spend a lifetime looking for love. But we look from external sources, romantic relationships, family members, careers, even food, drugs, or material items. 
My name is Jenny Drake, and this podcast is to guide you back to your greatest source of love, yourself. We have been conditioned to believe that loving ourselves first is selfish. It is not selfish. As a matter of fact, it is the pathway to happiness, joy, and fulfillment. The root of all of our happiness and unhappiness begins with the relationship we have with ourselves. We hear often that we need more self-love, but I am here to teach you how. Whether you are single or in a relationship, a stay-at-home mom, or a CEO, we can all grow in areas of self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-trust, and self-fulfillment. I am a divorced, empty nester, mother of two that is living her best life. Now, I wasn't always living my best life, I am a recovering perfectionist, a recovering control freak, a recovering people pleaser, and a recovering martyr. I also have the gift of gab and transparency, so you will hear lots of details about how I practice my recovery of all of these traits through the process of loving myself. I'll also share exercises and suggestions that I use with my coaching clients that have helped them break down barriers in all areas of life. So, grab a mug or a glass and fill it with your favorite beverage. Consider this episode a date with yourself. Are you ready and excited to fall madly and deeply back in love with yourself? Welcome back. Okay, so as you heard in my intro, I had a podcast episode all about acceptance. And I am going to come back to that episode, just not right now, have a little bit of PTSD about that. And I am a firm believer that everything happens the way that it should. So even though I thought that podcast episode was brilliant, and I was really happy with how it flowed, it wasn't meant to go out into the universe at that time, it wasn't meant to go out. So I'm sitting on that and I really go from what my soul is called to share. And today I am called to share about emotions and feelings and some of the things that I've come to learn and accept and grow through in regards to feelings and emotions. So if you if you know me in real life, or if you follow my Instagram page, which is Jenny underscore Drake underscore, or if you have been listening to my podcast, you probably know that the majority of my life, I spent allowing my emotions and feelings dictate my life. They were in the driver's seat. Um, I always kind of referred to myself as heart-centered, and I really would allow my heart, feelings, and emotions to drive the train. Sorry, there were a lot of metaphors thrown in there all at once, but you get the picture, right? And my actions and decisions were a result of my feelings and emotions. That is the way that I went through the majority of my life. And if you go back and you listen to past episodes about identity crisis and 
transitioning through divorce and just my life story about how I chose what to do in college. It was all feeling based. What I have come to realize is that feelings are real. They are real in that moment, but they are not us. They do not define us. And I want you to think of feelings and emotions really throughout this podcast episode as I'm talking as clouds floating by. They're real. They're there. But they don't last. And they're not concrete. So as you hear me talk about feelings and emotions, think of those clouds going by. Um, in psychology 101, we learned that we have four main feelings in our psycho, in our psychological makeup. And those are joy, fear, anger, and sadness, joy, fear, anger, and sadness. Now, If you think about those, and if we had judgment towards them, only one of those feelings is quote unquote positive. And the other three are quote unquote negative. So does it surprise us that so many of us are walking around with a dark cloud over our head? Because we can have thousands of feelings a day, right? Now, I'm not talking about thoughts. Thoughts come from our mind. That's a totally different place. And though our thoughts and our feelings can be related and they can co-mingle, I'm really talking about feelings and emotions right now. So first of all, let's separate our feelings and emotions from our thoughts. Remember, our thoughts come from our mind and our feelings and emotions come from our heart. And just like thoughts, we can have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of feelings and emotions throughout our day. And if all of our feelings and emotions can be whittled down to four main ones, which are sadness, joy, fear, and anger. And out of those four, three of them are classified as negative emotions. Then it's completely acceptable and normal to be feeling low or like I said, a black one. We'll we'll just carry on the cloud, you know, analogy throughout this episode. It's normal to have that cloud over our heads. And this is why on my Instagram page and in my coaching and on this podcast, I talk about joyless because we can truly lean into those dark or difficult emotions. And we have to work on balancing out and creating more joy 
in our lives. And so I I do have a self-love quickie podcast episode all about the joy list. I completely and utterly suggest you go back and listen to that because having having an active joy list and using your active joy list um, is such a great way to keep things in balance. Another way to keep our emotions and feelings in balance is to take the judgment out of it. Take the labels out of it. Take the emotion out of our emotions. And just, I love that Pixar movie. um, You know, the one that I'm thinking of, um, Inside Out. It's all about that. I love that movie because these emotions are real and they just are. They're not good. They're not bad. We are not good when we are joyful. We are not bad when we are sad. They are four very, um, they are four very normal, expected, natural, and part of our human experience. And so we can take the good, the bad, and the judgment out of our emotions just by naming them for what they are. Now, one of the emotions that I, that triggers me a lot and something that I feel often and I feel a lot of discomfort from is disappointment. Um, we all feel disappointment. That is the emotion that I really dislike the most. And what happens, like what, if we were to whittle down disappointment to one of those four basic emotions, what would disappointment whittle down to? Um, For me, it's usually fear. So when I'm feeling disappointed and it happens often, it's going to happen often unless we live in a bubble, right? Um, And we don't. We are human creatures commingling with other human creatures. So disappointment is going to happen. Experiences are going to happen when we feel disappointed. And So one of the practices that I've had is to name it, I feel disappointed, and just to feel it like that cloud moving by, not attached to it, not judging myself or judging the disappointment or trying to control it, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and really understanding that emotions and feelings only last very temporarily unless we grasp onto it, attach to it, and hang on to it. It could be like that cloud moving through our vision, moving through our present moment. But when I feel disappointment, I while I'm processing and validating that emotion, I simply say the root of this disappointment is fear. 
I am not feeling safe. I'm not feeling secure. I'm feeling fearful. And most of the time, I'm fearful of something that probably is not going to happen. So that's how I process, process through. And then I can let it go. If I didn't name my disappointment, if I didn't process to the root fear and really look at the probability of my fear not happening, I could attach to it. I could try to control or judge it and say, I should not be feeling disappointment. I had my expectations too high. Shame on me. I know better. That's not helpful. It's not helpful to beat ourselves up. Do you, do you feel that judgment and criticism? Now it's okay to say, hmm, I kind of had my expectations high. I kind of had a fantasy in my head that maybe was unrealistic. Hmm, note to self, I'm going to try to keep my expectations in check a little bit more next time. Do you feel the difference in the criticism? That's one way that we attach onto our emotions is by judgment and self-criticism. The other, and, and let me go back, saying I should or shouldn't, that's a huge habit for many of us, including me. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? I should be doing better. Uh-uh. Way, way, way self-love sabotaging right there. So take that should and shouldn't judgment out of the scenario. The other way that we attach to our emotions is by trying to control them and fix them. And um, the more we engage with them, it's one thing to process through them to be able to let them go, but to hang on to it and to try to control the disappointment by either trying to control ourselves or others one of the ways that I do this is in my relationship sometimes. If I'm feeling disappointed from my partner and I want to fix it, I try to control him and his actions. I did this a ton in my marriage. Like, why can't you do better? This is how... It's one thing to know our needs and to state our needs, but if we are stating our needs to control someone else so that they don't disappoint us again, we are sitting in that disappointment. It's, it's a very um, unhealthy dance that we do in our relationships of trying to express our needs ex now. Expressing our needs is not a bad thing ever. Only when we are expressing our needs to try to control someone else, that's when it goes south. Because we can't control someone else. We can't change how someone else is showing up. And if we're trying to control or change someone else's actions towards us so that we're not disappointed anymore or we're not angry anymore, or we're not sad anymore, or we're not fearful anymore, it's not going to work. 
the only thing that we have control over is ourselves and our reactions and our actions. So if somebody isn't showing up the way that's conducive to you, then that's a conversation that you need to have with yourself and get right with yourself. And going to that person and stating your needs is completely wonderful. And you can ask for your needs without the attachment of changing them. You got to let it go. You state your needs, you state your boundary, and then let it go. Observe, see how they continue to show up. Does that make sense? That was a little bit of bird walking into relationships, but um, our, so many times our emotions, our reactions off of someone else's action. And we really have to understand that they're showing up through their lens of life and we can't change that. So um, let's go back to sadness, joy, fear, and anger. Is there an emotion that out of those four, now I talked about dis disappointment, you know, the root of that is fear, but um, is there one of those four core emotions that you feel so uncomfortable with that you avoid it completely? Think about that because I was asked this question and my gut response was no. Well, of course we all embrace joy when we have it, right? So that's off the table. But no, I feel sadness often, so I'm not running from sadness. Um, fear, I feel like I kind of can identify that and I can be, have a realistic relationship with the fear of emotion. Oh, anger. Now, it has been in my self-discovery and in my journey that anger for me is an emotion that I am not comfortable with. I mean, really, who is comfortable with anger? But I don't have a healthy relationship with the emotion of anger. I'm getting better. I'm progressing. But... I'm not, I'm not completely, you know, cool with the emotion of anger. I'm not completely cool with the emotion of anger from other people, nor within myself. Um, I'm sure you, as you listen to my podcast, I'm sure you constantly hear me that when we come up with these realizations and this awareness with ourself, it goes back to our childhood. I'm not quite sure where in my childhood I picked up this association with anger. I didn't grow up in a very angry home, but somewhere along the line, I associated anger with discomfort and insecurity. And so when people are around me that are anger, 
that are, <laughs> sorry, exhibiting anger or angry, um, it's not a safe space for me. I, I, my inner child comes out and it's very uncomfortable. Likewise, because of that, I have really suppressed my own anger and invalidated myself when I have felt the emotion of anger. So think about that in regards to yourself. And maybe it's not anger. Maybe you run from sadness. Maybe you run from fear. But whatever emotion it is, and maybe maybe you don't suppress or run from any of the emotions, and that's awesome. Uh, but most of us do. And I'm just going to kind of walk you through how I've been able to progress in having a more healthy relationship with the emotion of anger. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to apply this to your situation. So realizing that emotions are real, but they are not us is key. And because when we make them, when we make our emotions all about us, again, that's when we attach to them. That's when we judge them. That's when we sit in them. But if we just take out the emotion again of emotions, we can look at it of here's anger showing up. I'm feeling angry. And actually it takes practice. And I've really been practicing of being mindful of, okay, I'm feeling anger right now. This, and it could be about little things like one of the things that I do is I drop my glasses constantly because they need to be adjusted and they fall off my face. And I get really angry when I drop my glasses, mostly because I'm afraid that they're going to break. Um, but I just get frustrated. And normally I would push that away and be like, this is the dumbest thing for me to get angry over. Instead of pushing it away, I'm like, no, I'm angry. Like, I'm frustrated. That's annoying that my glasses keep sliding off my face and falling on the ground. And that's okay. And I'm, I really have been practicing validating. It's okay to get angry. No big deal. Because when we validate it, guess what? That cloud passes by and all of a sudden it, it, it's not there anymore. We can name it, validate it, and it's gone. Um, then sometimes I've been realizing anger does show up in bigger ways. Um, one of the ways that I've really suppressed anger and when we suppress these emotions, let me pause for a second. When we suppress those emotions of sadness, fear, and anger, we're not healing them. Let me repeat that. In order to heal, we have to feel the emotion. And one of the areas that I really suppress the anger is with my ex-husband. And you've heard me talk about our relationship on this podcast and you're probably, wow, 
they get along well. Well, one of the reasons we get along well is because I suppress the anger that I have towards him. And because I thought to be a good ex-wife, I had to not have those feelings of anger towards him anymore. I felt angry so much in our marriage that when we got a divorce, I wanted to let it all go. And I pretty much have let all the anger go from our marriage, but he continues to trigger me. And that's what I was suppressing. When he would trigger me, I wouldn't allow myself to feel the anger that came up because I would say, I divorced him. I'm not giving him that power. That's like going right back to being married. But when I would do that, I was still allowing it to be inside of me and inside my body. So something happened before this trip to the East Coast. And just to catch you up to speed, if you haven't listened to my podcast or if you don't follow me on social media, um, it's summer of 2021. My son, my 19-year-old, was accepted to the United States Naval Academy. Go Navy, beat Army. Um, super proud. It's been an amazing journey for him to get in. And we're so excited for this new journey of him being at the Naval Academy to start. Um, and so this summer, he was home with me for five weeks. And we just dropped him off at the Naval Academy in Annapolis. And so, you know, when my son is home, both of my adult children live far away. But when they are home, um, my ex and I interact more often. And for the most part, it goes fairly well. Uh, I'm really proud of the relationship that we have. However, that man can trigger me like no one else. And the night before he actually flew with my son to Annapolis to drop him off. And then I came two days later with my dad, um, pictures on my Instagram page. If you want to go see Jenny underscore Drake underscore, by the way, um, and the night before they left to go to Annapolis, we all met at a restaurant, my son, his girlfriend, my dad, me, and my ex. And I know my ex very well. And I know that the night before a trip, especially sending one of our kids away, he's dealing with a ton of anxiety. I know that I've seen it for decades and it was happening again. And he chooses, or I shouldn't say choose because I do think it's very subconscious on his part, but how he deals with his anxiety is to make jabs at me. And of course we were married for 22 years. So he knows my buttons to push. And I went in with a prayer in my heart and in the mindset that I was not going to allow anyone to take away my serenity of this evening. But it happened because 
after the first four or five times, it just got old. It got more and more so. And I reacted in a very calm and rational way from my perspective. Other people's perspective could be completely different. But I was angry. And I just said, please stop. You're going too far. You've gone too far. And I did not come here to be picked on and treated this way. So please stop what you're doing. And of course, me speaking up is uncomfortable for other people. And so, but I'm sharing this with you not to air any laundry, but I had to be true to myself because what my instinct and what my habit was telling me to do is to push away those feelings of anger and frustration and to judge myself for even having them. So I'm going to pause. And do you turn on yourself when you are feeling feelings that you don't want to be feeling? Like in my situation that night, I didn't want to be angry. I didn't want to allow him to make me angry. But the things he was doing was frustrating me and getting under my skin. He's like a little child, like nitpicking me. You know, like that brother that's like poking you until you react. That is our relationship. So sitting there and telling myself, it's valid for me to be annoyed right now. It's valid for me to be angry. That's why I was able to speak my truth without blowing up. Again, I wanted to sit there and say, why am I allowing him to get under my skin? I should be better. I should not be giving him the control, judging myself, turning on myself. Every time we turn on ourselves like that, it breaks down our self-worth. It breaks down our self-trust. And we are the source. We have the source of building that up within us. So being aware, self-awareness is the number one step. I have four pillars of self-love, self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-fulfillment, and self-compassion. Self-awareness is the first step of, holy cow, I am invalidating or judging my feelings and emotions. So do you do that too? When you're having feelings and emotions that cause you discomfort, do you validate them or invalidate them? And then it's all about self-compassion. And honestly, this is a constant practice and reminder for myself. If you've been following my Instagram page, I do daily intentions on my Instagram page. Um, They are pink background with big white speech bubble. And really, my intentions lately have been about giving myself the same grace and the same empathy and the same compassion as I give everyone else. Because 
if you're anything like me, we can validate everyone else's feelings and not do it for ourselves. And so the beauty of talking about this, the beauty of being a self-love coach, the beauty of having a self-love coach like me, the beauty of joining my Monday Motivation Tribe is these are all things that we practice and forget and remind ourselves of. But the beauty of surrounding yourself in this environment is the accountability. Just like having an accountability buddy when we work out and have physical goals, having an accountability buddy in our self-love journey is so key. I have a few women in my life that I can just be myself to and they're going to um, they're going to give it to me straight of where I'm falling into my own habits that aren't serving myself. And this is one of them in validating my feelings. If I had a dime for every friend that said, you're being so hard on yourself or cut yourself some slack, I would be a multimillionaire. And it's because I cut everyone else some the slack and I don't, I forget to do it for myself. And so having that reminder, having it in the forefront of my mind and having the accountability to validate my own feelings and emotions. And remember, I'm going to keep beating this same drum of we're not validating our feelings to hold on to them and cling to them and attach to them and ruminate and obsess in them. We are validating our feelings so that we can let them pass through us like that cloud passing through the sky so that we can let them go. I want to hear your experiences about allowing emotions and feelings to move through you. And I'm going to bring up the meditation word because we, I mean, it's such a buzzword right now. Everyone is talking about meditation, but honestly, like meditation is the practice that can teach us how to allow our thoughts and feelings to flow through us without attachment to them. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feelings about this podcast episode. And I would love to have each other as accountability partners in this self-love journey. So the easiest way to do that 